We're so glad that you joined us today, and I just want to take a minute and thank the Lord for his goodness uh, as we pray together. Um, it's not just because we had a great week of vacation as a family, uh, but we had an awesome time, but we have, we have a lot to be thankful for. So would you join me this morning in expressing gratitude to the Lord? Lord, we love you, and Lord, I thank you this morning. I'm just filled with gratitude to you for your goodness. I thank you for your provision for us, your knowledge of us that's perfect. I thank you for the Lord's table that reminds us of the work of the cross. And Lord, I think that we live in a time period where we're painfully, acutely aware of what we lack. And Lord, I pray in the middle of that time period that we would not be people who fail to recognize what you've provided for us. You're a God of provision. You're good. You know our needs more than what we do. And so God, we cry out to you to say thank you. And we say, praise you. We say, um, you're a good God. We love you. We thank you for this morning. I pray that as we turn our hearts to something that I believe is very near and dear to your heart, uh, the very concept of relationship with one another is something that matters. And I thank you, Lord, that you use language with us that says to us that you want to have a relationship with us. I I thank you that you are someone who allows us to give us, you allow us to have access to your throne, that you're gracious, you're kind, Lord, that you use language that reminds us that you want us to come close to you. And so I pray today as we talk about your word, as we study um, some passages of scripture that I believe are meaningful for me, as, as meaningful as, as many other things in scripture, but this is a heavy one for me. Because I recognize that today we need one another. We recognize today that you're a God that's relational. And so today as we come before you, I ask that you'd speak to us, that you'd challenge us, that you'd move us out of our comfort zones and allow us to sense your leadership in our life. Uh, we love you. We thank you for this morning. In Jesus' precious and holy name and all God's people said, amen. Do you have things to be thankful for? I think we're blessed people. I'm super thankful. One of the stories of my life that stood out to, stands out to me was when I was in college, I had the privilege of rooming with my best friend. And uh, I want to begin by saying this more. Can we be honest that relationships are complicated? Um, no, no one agrees with me on that? Okay, I'm going to say that again. Can we agree that relationships can be complicated? I'm not just talking about your relationship with your wife or your relationship with your parents, or your relationship with your kids, or your coworkers. We, we just want to be honest this morning that relationships can be complicated. Uh, and mine happened to be my best friend uh, from high school. His name was Todd, wonderful guy. Uh, we were rooming together, and it was towards the end of our freshman year. Um, I came in late one night, and um, Todd was sitting at, in a chair, and he had one of those buckets of pretzels. Um, now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, like, they're like Costco pretzels or whatever. Uh, but these were like a year old at this point. And so um, you could definitely break a tooth on these pretzels. And my friend Todd was sitting there as I walked into the dorm room and he's just eating away on these things. I think, you know, I think he's hungry. I don't know what's going on. So, so Todd is munching away at this thing. And he, uh, it takes me about a half hour. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. A half hour to recognize that with every bite, he is glaring at me. And, and so over time, like I, I'm like, dude, wh wh what, what, what's up? And, and he, as he could, because he can barely speak because he's got these nasty pretzels in his mouth. He's like, you ate my cookies. 
you know, like, like kind of choked this thing out. And, and I, um, I, I have no idea what he's talking about, but they were delicious, all right? Uh, you know, so, no, so I, uh, I actually did. I wasn't the only one who invaded his mom's homemade cookies, but Todd was furious with me, so angry. And and I, I want you to know that, that here we have conflict. My, my best friend in the world that I'd grown up with, we chose to room together. We cared about each other. We prayed together. We were brothers in Christ. We laughed together. We, but yet there were challenges that came into our relationship. One of the things that I hear as a pastor, I have had the privilege of sitting with couples in crisis, individuals in crisis, parents in crisis, uh, siblings in crisis. We can go through the list. But one of the things that I hear consistently is that we often think about relationship in this way. It shouldn't be this hard, right? Like we, we think about it and we think, well, if we just fill in the blank, then we wouldn't struggle with this. If we just uh, fill in the blank, then we'd have more relationships or we'd connect better. Or our relationships would be healthier. And, and this morning, I'm super excited to launch into a series that we're going to be going through with this title, Building Healthy Relationships. And I want to suggest to you this morning that building healthy relationships is one of the most valuable things that you and I can possibly do. And it might surprise you to consider that is something that God designed you to do. Now, now I have a friend who um, bought his daughter a new car. And um, the first time that she went to the gas station to fill it up, she put diesel fuel in it, um, but it happened to be a, a car that took gasoline. Now, now you go like, you're like appalled, right? Like, because you know that the process and the cost that was, the expense was incredible. And I would suggest to you this morning as Christ followers, that you and I are people who God designed to be in relationship with one another. He says things to us like, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. He uses familiar relationship language with us individually when he talks about us, when he talks about his specific relationship with you and I. And I want to suggest to you this morning that you were built for relationship. And if you are missing out on the blessing of real authentic relationships, then you're missing out on a part of what God's designed for you to do. But let's be honest this morning in this particular area. I am convinced as I've interacted with people on these topics for many years that most of us think other people are better at this than we are. I think for most of us, we believe that other people have more meaningful and intimate, uh, significant relationships than what we do. For many of us, we feel isolated. We feel lonely. We even look at our own relationships and we see the conflict that's in them. And we say, this, there's got to be something more. And the good news that I have for you this morning, and I want to challenge you in this, is that you and I can get better at doing relationships, that you and I can grow in our capacity to connect well with one another. And some of you are like, wait a second, this is church. Can we talk about this kind of a thing in church? And I want to say to you that the God that you and I serve, the God that we worship together, he is a relational God. 
that he designed you and I to be in relationship. And I believe the way that we relate to one another, in fact, this morning we're gonna focus in on this, that the way you and I relate to one another is going to help us to understand our relationship with him. It's gonna help us to enjoy the very blessings of life that we have in front of us. And I'll just tell you that relationships matter. Relationships are valuable. There have been so many studies that have been done about individuals who have isolated themselves or have found themselves separate from other people and they're, they're, um, they don't thrive. We know from some studies that were in the 1900s that uh, early infants that passed away within the first two years of their life, uh, one of the major causes or uh, connections that they made recognizing those early infants' death is that they were undertouched. They were underconnected. They were not engaged with other human beings. And I think lonely people are sicker today, they're hungrier, they die younger. This is statistically true. So, so you and I are going to talk about relationships. And we're going to talk about them in a way that I think is going to be helpful. Don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to get people to date that aren't dating. I'm not trying to um, uh, think about this just in a male-female relationship or dating one. Actually, I think this applies to every relationship that we have in our life that you and I were designed to connect with one another. I love this passage of scripture in Zephaniah. Zephaniah 3.17 tells me that my God is relational and he expects you and I to be relational. It says this, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Some of you are like, Zephaniah, did he make that verse up? No, that's a, that's a verse, uh, that's a, a book in our Bibles. And I love this, this beautiful truth. This is parent language. This is connection. And I think that that relational language that God has for us, even when he allows us to call him our Abba Father, that the God that we serve and worship, even when we think of the truth of the gospel, that he sent his son so that we, to die, so that we might have relationship with him, I think it's valuable for us to understand that he's a relational God. He allows us to use relational language in our reference to him. And so um, what, I, what I think is helpful is passages like Matthew seven twelve that says this, so whatever you wish that the others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets, that, that the way that Jesus um, describes, I'm sorry, this is a misquote. Um, the way that Jesus describes his relationship, let's think, let's think about the golden rule this way. When we, when we study the golden rule, I've memorized it in the King James, some of you have too. It's just simply this, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is a relational statement. I like the way that Frank Crane put it when he says that um, the golden rule is of no use whatsoever unless you realize that it's your move. You get that? It's our turn to be people who pursue other people, to be people who recognize that it is not our job to wait for other people to pursue us. And for some of you, you might be wondering, well, why are we talking about this now? 
Well, I, I believe that, that over the pandemic and the experiences that we've had over the last several years, that, that what we found, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, what we found is that there are things that have helped us to become more and more isolated, whether it's technology, whether it is the way we approach relationships, that, that, that there's an, an isolation that has happened. And one of the things that I'm praying for is that God would use us to be salt and light in the world that's around us, that God would use us to be people who represent his loving kindness to the new building um, the, the construction that's happening in our community, to the new things that God's doing in Brunswick and the communities that are around us. I, I believe that God is asking us to be people who pursue other people, and that matters to him. And, and so when we say that we want to do that, we have to admit that sometimes it's awkward for us, right? Sometimes it's hard for us. Sometimes it's complicated. And I want to encourage you that you and I can get better. Let me give you one way that we can get better. We're going to talk about a bunch of them today, but I'm going to ask you to do a, a little test for me in here. So you're going to have to find somebody um, that you can look at in the here. So like you guys are going to need to like connect with each other here, okay? And I want you to um, connect with somebody. I want you to look at them. And then I want you to say, I'm so glad that you joined me at Hope Church today. All right. So you guys are going to do this. Now, before you do that, though, I'm going to ask you the first time that you do it, I'm going to ask you to not look them in the eye. I'm going to ask you to uh, maybe have your phone out when you look at, when you talk to them. Uh, I'm going to ask you to kind of act like you, you don't really care when you say it. Okay, go for it. Go for it. Do it. So connect with each other. Say, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, join me at Hope Church today. Okay, so uh, I think you guys are doing it. I've tried. So I've tried, I've tried to do it. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Did you return the favor? Okay. So now we're going we're gonna to do this again. And so then this time, now don't, don't say it if you don't mean it, all right? Because that's insincere. But, but I really, truly want you to just look at someone in the eye. And I want you to just say to them, I'm so glad that you joined me at church today. Will you do that for a second? Just look at them. Notice them. Okay. <laughs> Do you guys understand how, how rare it is that we do that today? I'm serious. Like one of the things that I find quite fascinating here, I, I do this sometimes, you know, I ask you guys to shake each other's heads and like, I get the memo, like some of you are like, I hate that time. I understand. But, but to understand that recognizing that we are not in a movie theater that is designed to isolate us or separate us from one another, but... Instead, that God's designed us to connect together. Do you, do you guys recognize that he's a relational God, that he wants us to get better at connecting with each other? It says this in John 3, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's relational language. At the end of Matthew 7, 23, it's a haunting statement, but Jesus talks about someone being separated from him, and he says, away from me, I never knew you. The God that I worship is a relational God. He knows what we need, and he's instilled inside of us a desire to connect together with one another. 
And I think uh, when we say that this is an area that we can grow in, I think for some of us, we would be honest and we would say, I've tried and I've been disappointed by relationships. I've, uh, I've had br- relationships, some of you in this room have gone through really painful divorces or experiences with your children and there's layers, calluses even, that have built up in your life that have kept you uh, separated from relationship. And I think I, I used that gas illustration earlier. I think for some of us, we, we think about it, uh, I'll shift the metaphor over to think about like gasoline in our gas tank, that we, we only have so much gasoline in the tank that we can use for relationship, and it's already spent, that, that we're running on fumes. There's no place for us to connect with other people anymore because we've just, we've tried it all, we've experienced it all, and we've been disappointed or discouraged from past relationships. And I I wanna challenge you in this area this morning that there's nothing to lose by reaching out and opening your heart up to new relationships. I think it's also appropriate for us to recognize that for some of us, we are on the constant quest to find the perfect person. We're on the constant quest to find that best friend that meets all of our needs, that we're constantly searching for the, that, that person. And, and I'll just tell you, that's not what God designed for us to have, actually. I think he desires to be our God. I think he desires to be our Abba Father, our King. And I believe that we're blessed with good, meaningful relationships that at times shift and change. And, and, and we go through experiences that are positive, And at times, we adjust to new relationships. And that's a part of what I believe is important. So, so if we use an image of a fisherman, for some of us, we complain. We say, we're not catching anything. And I'd suggest this morning that it's because you don't have any lines in the water, right? You're not catching anything because you've decided, like I've used the language in the past, like no vacancy. I, I, I'm not open for anything new. I, I've, I've, been, I, I've gone through that before. I've experienced that before. For God to make Hope Church the kind of church that he desires for us to be, it's going to require us to be people who open our hearts to new relationships. I'm going to say that again. For God to allow Hope Church to be the kind of church that he desires for us to be, it's going to be, require us to be people who are open to new relationship. This is, this is really when the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There was, there was something about that, that it wasn't just that they were going to um, do spiritual, profound, meaningful things, but it was going to be that they were going to engage and impact the lives of people who are around them. This is the the thing that the Lord's asked us to function in. So we're not just coaches trying to to succeed. We're not just workers that are trying to get that paycheck, but instead we're in the people business, right? And we're in the process of trying to help people to be able to experience the kind of relationship that God's want. When we share the, the gospel with someone, we want to say to them, I want to share with you the hope that I hold dear. I want to introduce you to my Lord. So, so this process, this idea of building healthy relationships is something that uh, God understands is important for us. In Genesis 2.18, uh, he said to us, and when he created Eve, um, when, Adam, uh, when he created Eve from, from Adam, the beautiful moment in history, God says, it is not good for man to be alone. And many of us, we say, amen, right? We, we recognize that it is not just in a relational level, man and woman, but it's that in, as human beings, it's not good for us to be 
alone. I love these images in the background on the PowerPoint. They're of a bridge that was built in Scotland in 1890. And these individual parts are, are, are amazing. But when they connect together, they can experience the fullness of what they were designed to do. I love Romans 12.5 when it says, So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. That's heavy relationship language. As a Christ follower, why do you need to hear a message like this? Well, for one, I think that there's this image in Scripture where it says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I think life is dull when we don't have the privilege of interacting and engaging with others. That It's the basis of what makes our lives worth living. It's the mission that God's given us to seek and to save, like Jesus did, those who are lost. The, the phrase one another in scripture is used over a hundred times. It's actually one, one uh, Greek word. And that Greek word is, is used to reference how we connect to one another. The needs that we have in connection with one another. It's a, a, a beautiful biblical principle. So this forms the basis of true Christian community. It has a, a direct impact on our witness to the world that's around us. I think the outsiders are watching us. They, they want to see how we live. And John 13, 35 says it like this. It says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So, so the, the world that's around us is watching us. We believe that relationships matter. And, and I think that, that for most of us, we would agree, like if there was a, a question, do you think God thinks relationships are important? We'd probably say yes. Do you, I think that relationships are important? I think I, we would all say yes. But the how behind it is something that we, I want to encourage you and we can grow in. And it's why as a church family, we're going to go on this journey together. And I'll go ahead and tip my hand a little bit with you is one of the things that I hope to see come of this series is that we're, we're excited on the future of launching some discipleship groups that are here. Um, we're going to call them discovery groups. And uh, I want to see as many people as possible connecting in that way. And some of you are like, oh man, he's going to make me get into a group, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope you do it. And I hope that for those of you who are like me at times where you stand back and you're like, do I have time? And is it, is it worth it? Or I already know all that stuff or whatever the things that go through your mind. I just want you to recognize that in order for us to be the people that God's called for us to be, it means that we don't ignore gathering together, that we connect together in a meaningful way. And so, so we, we look at this concept and we say the Lord has called for you and I to be people who are in community and um, we, we recognize though in the world that we live in that relationships are tough right they're difficult today we live in a lonely world uh, a general social survey found that the number of Americans today with no close friends has tripled since 1985 zero is the most common number of, um, of confidants reported by almost a quarter of those surveyed. Likewise, the average of a, um, people, the average number of people in America who feel like they 
Um, they can talk about important matters with someone has fallen down from three to two. In other words, we're becoming lonelier. I think this is partially because relationships are hard. Um, I, I think it's complicated. I love, I love this verse, so I have to explain it. Um, so in Proverbs 14, 4, it says, Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, um, but abundant crops come by the strength of an ox. I love this verse because you know what it's saying is, when there's no cows in the barn, there's no poo in the barn. Okay, uh, And I can say, that in church. It's okay. Um, but, but I think for some of us in relationship, we say, I would rather have no interaction with other people because of the stuff that goes along with it. And I, and I don't think that that's what God desires of us. He wants us to be people who interact with people, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and to deal with the, the reality of the blessings of it. So um, why, why are we isolated and lonely? Well, because it's hard. I also think that it's because um, we can try to avoid messy relationships, that we can uh, ignore them, or we can uh, live without them. And, and for many of us, we've recognized we live in a world that has empty substitutes for real relationships. I think the internet's been one of those things that's um, in some ways attempted to help us to deal with our isolation and loneliness. And, um, and so in the old days, you had to get in your car, you had to write a letter, you had to pursue someone, you had to show up at their door. And now relationships can be um, connected with other, we can be connected with other people just a click away. But, but at the end of the day, what, what we found is that it doesn't actually satisfy that part of our desire, our need to connect with other people. One, um, one internet study talked about online gaming and people who are only comfortable in online gaming settings. So their anxiety outside of those settings is off the roof. And, and the way that David Brook, Brooks puts it in a New York Times column several years ago, he says, it's a day of happy touch points that leaves us lonelier than ever. I think that, that one of the reasons why the internet makes us lonely is that we attempt to substitute what is real with something that's temporary. Um, when, when we look at other people's social encounters online, we look at them in comparison to our own and it leaves us feeling a sense of lacking. And uh, at the end of the day, no matter how many friends we have on social media, we recognize the lack that we have. And I think it's important for us to recognize that COVID has also led to um, our isolation, that, that we've found ourselves looking at each other and at times even looking at each other as a threat. One of my favorite pastors, his name's Ron Morrison. Uh, we're going to have Ron speak here someday. He's a wonderful man. But Ron Morrison, uh, about this time last year, used an illustration. I've said it from the pulpit here before, but I think about it all the time. He, he talks about isolation in, in terms of people missing out on connecting with church or doing church from a distance. And, and he uses this statement. I think is really helpful. He says, if you're a family and you had a family dinner together and somebody was sick, of course there's going to be, a, you know, an accommodation for somebody who's sick. You, you know, in my household, my mom had the big tray and maybe sometimes she'd put a flower on there, you know, and she'd take it up to your isolation room, right? And she'd let you eat your chicken soup or whatever it was up in your room. But, but that's only for a time. That, that is only able to meet the needs that you have. If that was the only way that you took your meals perpetually, then at some point you're missing out on the blessing of being a part of family. 
And I, I, the way that he illustrated that and he shared that, I think about things like accountability and connection, friendship, even just partnership. I think about ministries and how a church moves forward. And, and it requires people to be willing to engage on in an intentional, meaningful way. And I think that through COVID and through our experiences of COVID, what we found is that, is that there's substitutes. And, and many of you have said this. We, we love joining Hope Church online. We are so glad and we're so thankful for those of you who are joining us online. But the consistent statement that's said back to me, but it's not the same. And there's a reason why it's not the same is because I believe God designed you and I to be people who connect with one another. So uh, the, the third point this morning, and it's going to be the foundation of our series, is you can be successful at relationships, but it's going to take some work. I think that, that it's important for us to recognize that we can get better at building relationships. I think one of the things that we um, are going to recognize, I used that goofy illustration earlier about not looking at somebody, but there's some, some skills, there's some, some things that we can do that communicate to someone that we value them or that we don't. I, I hinted at having your phone in your hand. You know, statistically, if you have your phone in your hand when you interact with someone that a person instantly feels that the value of that conversation is degraded. Even if the phone can just be seen on the table, it communicates something about the value of the interaction that you're having together. And, and I think we understand why that, that's, that simple truth is there, is that, is that we want to engage in a meaningful way. We want it to be reciprocal. And I think that some of those kinds of things, maybe they're bad habits that we've allowed ourselves to get into or ignoring some of the cues that are helpful for us. I, I, I think that it's important for us to remember that good relationships are a result of good priorities. They're a result of us making time and choosing to invest and choosing to pursue. And I think that it's helpful for us to even use this kind of image that, that I, I want you to see on this slide. That, that for some of us, I think we're a bit like this castle um, that has a moat. You might as well just add in the moat uh, alligators, right? And there's a drawbridge and there's, there's this, we're, we're closed off, we're isolated. And, and then in the book of Revelation, there's this funny statement that the Lord gives to believers, actually, uh, in one of his churches. And, and he says this, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Uh, not only does this remind me that the God that I serve, again, this is such relational language, but, but I want you to understand the value that, the, that this passage places on pursuit I'm pursuing someone. And this morning, as we get to applying this truth in our life, I want you to see Jesus models this in this powerful prophecy that was described in the book of Revelation. It's a powerful truth from, from God to his people. And I want you and I to recognize this morning that there is value in us pursuing other people. 
Now, now, the thing that some of us have to get over is when we pursue other people, we need to be willing to be rejected or to have, be, have people not reciprocate in the way that we long for. We need to be willing to have times where they uh, don't, don't accept the relational connection that we're offering to them. But that's not an excuse for us to give up on the thing that God has designed for you and I to participate in. I think for some others of us, you stand back and you're like, well, wait a second, I am not an extrovert. Now, how many of you would say that you are an extrovert in the room? Would you show me by show of hands? How many of you are extroverted? Okay. Well, that's interesting. You guys both are. Um, you, guys, you guys like each other too? <laughs> You guys get along? Okay, sometimes, all right? No, we're not going to do marriage counseling right now. But so, so, yeah, Ali and I are both extroverted at times, but one's more extroverted than the other. So for some of us that aren't, okay, so the rest of you that are introverts, will you raise your hand now? You have to do it, all right? It's so hard for us to do, right? Okay, so, so for some of us, I think that we look at the extroverts, the people who are energetic, that seem to get energized. Remember, this is what that term means. They're energized in relationships, especially in larger groups of people. It doesn't mean that introverts aren't energized in relationship. It doesn't mean, hear me on this one, that introversion gives you a pass to not care about the things that God cares about. Instead, what it means is that both introverts and extroverts need to be people who are deliberate about pursuing relationships in their life, prioritizing relationships. And I'm saying, when I say they're tough these days, is that it requires a deliberate choice for us to make space for relationships in our life. It requires us, whether we're introverted or extroverted, in some ways it's irrelevant that it, um, it, it allows us to just recognize that we all still need to be people who allow there to be space for relationship. And, and I think God, God models this for us. He teaches us this. And I think um, through our series, a couple of things, I want to give you a little bit of an appetizer of where we're headed. I think uh, we're going to discuss this, that when relationships break down, and we know they break down. In fact, there's probably no greater pain in a person's life than when a relationship breaks down. Uh, when relationships break down, it doesn't mean that we instantly have to break up. Um, I think we're going to talk about the value of words, the power of words. We're going to talk about how they influence the way that we connect with one another. We're going to talk about intentionality and opportunity. We're going to talk about how this weaves together with the gospel. We're also, uh, I want you to catch this early on. This is going to be important is that, is that as a Christ follower, one of the things that we talk about is that sin separates. And I think this is maybe worth the price of admission today to be here at church. And that is, uh, I'm just joking, that was supposed to be funny. Um, but uh, the, the, that when it comes to relationships, I think we often think about sin leading to death or it's separating us from, from life, that it can do that. Romans teaches that. There's other truths that are there in God's word. But I want you to recognize something. For some of you that are leaving, living multiple layers of life, or you, you have one, one persona here and another persona there, or you're, you're, um, you, you have layers to the way you choose to live your life, I want you to recognize that that is hindering your ability to connect with other people. In fact, when the Lord Jesus asks us to come to him as we are, I think there's a recognition. We'll study the woman at the well and his encounter with her. And he did not want her to 
fake who she was, even though she tried to do that. But instead, what he wants us to do is to recognize the value of connecting even as we are. And so for some of us, it's sin that's separating the the relationships that we have, not just sin against each other, but that it leads us to isolate from one another. I think for some of us, it's discouragement. It's the pain of failed relationships. And I just want to challenge you that you can grow in your capacity. You can become a better listener. You can use these truths, like be quick to listen, slow to speak, abounding in love. You guys maybe have heard this before. I love this story of the guy who... Um, who loved to talk about himself. I think a lot of us do, but he loves, he says that, um, that he, his name was Dick Bass. He was the son of a Texas oil baron and he was in first class and um, he was a, um, a known as an ambitious mountain climber. Um, he was a person who'd had some pretty spectacular summits um, at his age later in his life. And so he was on a, a cross-country flight um, several hours, and the, the gentleman that was sitting next to him was an incredible listener. Some of you have been around one of those. They, they know how to receive something that you said, and they, uh, they respond and encourage you, and you just want to keep sharing. And so he's talking to him this whole time, um, but he's just really talking about his adventures on Mount Everest and Mount McKinley and the challenge that he went through in the Himalayas and as he gets to the end of his time, uh, he, he reaches across and shakes the hand of the man. And he says, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I, pr- I never properly introduced myself. He said, that's okay. And then the man extended his, his hand out and he says, I'm Neil Armstrong. Isn't that great? <laughs> I, I think that um, we can grow in these areas, brothers and sisters. We can learn to listen. We can push back on some of our natural tendencies Uh, that image of the castle that we can allow people to come into our life. And um, I I started with that illustration of my friend Todd. And um, I want to share this in in an appropriate way, is that um, there's something about Todd's life that taught me to value relationships in a different way. He was in Colorado a couple of years after that time, after he'd stood in Alley in my wedding, and uh, just a, a wonderful friend in my life. He was in Colorado skiing. A ski fell off the roof of the, the car um, on I-70, and he was killed in a hit-and-run car accident. And um, I was asked to do that funeral in Colorado, and uh, it's one of the few funerals that I regret participating in actively because I was mourning inside. I mean, I was heartbroken over the loss of my friend. And I'll just share with you that one of the temptations for us when we've experienced deep relationship is that we recognize that we measure other relationships from that relationship. And actually, I think that that's something that I've had to learn. One, I had to value through that experience how temporary life is, right? Well, I think we take tomorrow for granted. So, so application-wise, part of my challenge for you guys, if you have the sermon notes today, is that, like, who are you going to pursue this week? Who, who is it that you're going to invite to join you in this series? Wouldn't it have been nice when I asked you to, uh, to, to talk with the person beside you if you brought a friend with you today, right? Uh, let, let's keep doing that. Let's connect together. Let's invite people to join us. This is a topic that is meaningful for many of us. I'll be on my good behavior, I promise. Try to be nice. Um, But would you invite your friends um, to join us? Would you also be willing, as we talk through these things, to to be someone who's willing to pray and to say, Lord, who are you asking me to pursue this week? 
Who is it that you're asking me to reach out to? And, and I think that that whole like pre-screening um, is probably one of the things that is, is a huge inhibitor for us. That we, we look at somebody and we're like, are they really best friend material? And, and I'll just tell you, uh, as humbly as I can, you have no idea what material they are yet. That you have no idea what role that that person might play in your life. And so it seems funny to talk about something that's so um, more pragmatic this morning. But I, I want to make sure that as we talk about this, that, that I believe as a pastor that this is very near and dear to the heart of our God. That I believe that he is a relational God and his desire for you and I is to not suffer from isolation. To not deal with the consequences of us choosing to retreat and to pull ourselves away from other people. And I think that he desires for us, even when he said to his disciples, and what I think he's saying to you and I at Hope Church this morning, when he says, um, I will make you fishers of men, I, I think what he's communicating there is, I will let you engage in the life of other people. I will let you follow in the example that I did of letting my life, the Lord Jesus' life, rub off on the life of, of other people and to encounter and engage life together in such a meaningful way that friends could become closer than brothers. I think that's what he desires of us. I think it's powerful when he uses relationship language, when he describes what he desires to have with us. And I think that that can provide for us a platform moving forward for us to get better at building healthy relationships. So I'm going to ask a favor. We're going to do this maybe in a little different way. Uh, my email address is really accessible. It's easy to find on the church website. And uh, it's just my name, sean.brennan at hopebrunswick.org. And I would love for some of you to share with me, whether it's experiences like my friend Todd, where it was a loss of a friend that taught you something profound about friendship, or whether it's someone who pursued you unexpectedly that maybe crossed generational lines or that uh, crossed some barriers that were common. But I'd love to hear more of your story. We're going to go on this journey together. And I'll tell you, I'm not the pro at this. Like some of you are looking at me and you're like, who is Sean to stand in front of us and to tell us how to do relationships? I'm a student of this. Uh, but I'm excited to go on this journey together. And I believe that at the end of the day, the Lord is going to ask us to call precious what he considers precious. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. And I thank you that you are a relational God, that you know our needs. Um, Lord, that you, uh, uh, we know that there are people that are within the sound of my voice that are suffering right now because of isolation. Um, Lord, we know that there are people within the sound of my voice today that have chosen to self-isolate in their life. And I just want to pray for them. I want to pray that as we talk about these topics, that you would allow this to be a time for us to open our hearts to something new, Lord, to be willing to um, allow there to be uh, new connections, new opportunities to call valuable what you call valuable. And I pray that you would help us as a church family, that your Holy Spirit would teach us what it means to build healthy relationships in our life. I pray that as I talk about these things, I recognize that there's some in this room who there's really painful relationships in their life, that they, 
they might even feel like they're um, completely unhealable or that they're so painful that they've blocked them out. I just pray for miracles, Lord. Would you give us miracles that we could stand back and see your handiwork, even if it's through forgiveness that's radical or whether it's through uh, the way your Holy Spirit works and guides us. But Lord, would you not allow us to leave here today without being intentional about who you desire for us to pursue? We love you. We thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.